Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am joined by my dog, Dakota. She's down here chilling with me, so if you hear some sounds, it's probably her. Uh, she's under the table right now. Today, I'm going to be talking about Chris Sims' quarterback rankings. I know I'm late on this, um, but Chris Sims, he works at NBC Sports, I believe. Um, he has his own podcast called Chris Sims on Button, and every year he releases his rankings for each position for the NFL Draft. Um, so he releases quarterback rankings. I'm going to talk about that because they're, they're kind of crazy. Uh, they made people upset. Um, but I like them. I'm going to talk about them. Then I'm going to be talking about NBA All-Star Weekend. And to finish out the podcast, I'm going to talk about Dak Prescott's contract. He just got a new contract last night. Um, a very interesting deal. I'm going to talk about that. But let's get started with Chris Sims' quarterback rankings. So, Chris Sims' quarterback rankings, they're always a little bit out there because he watches the film. He doesn't watch college football. He doesn't care about the consensus opinion of these guys. He watches the film, then he gives us his, his thoughts on each prospect. I always like his rankings because they're not based on the consensus. They're his own opinions. He doesn't care about the narratives with these guys. So I love that. I don't agree with these quarterback rankings at all, but I think they're interesting. So let's get started. So number one, he has Zach Wilson. Number two, he has Trevor Lawrence. Number three, he has Mac Jones. Number four, Kellen Mond. Number five, Justin Fields. And number six, Trey Lance. Now, he thinks Zach Wilson is clearly the number one quarterback in this year's draft. He thinks there's separation between him and Trevor Lawrence. Then he thinks Mac Jones is an excellent prospect and that he is a top 10 pick. He also thinks Kellen Mond is worth a top 20 pick. Um, then he has Justin Fields at 5 and Trey Lance at 6. He says that they are first round talents, uh, but that he just likes everyone else um, ahead of them more. Zach Wilson, number one. Uh, do I agree? No, I don't. I have Zach Wilson. Um, I, I don't, like, have a definitive ranking for him. Um, I think he's a top three quarterback. I think that Trevor Lawrence is easily the best quarterback prospect in this year's draft. That's where me and Chris Sims differ. Um, I get why Chris Sims likes Zach Wilson a lot. Zach Wilson is an accurate quarterback. He is great, um, outside of the pocket, making plays work outside of structure. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is just a, a different quarterback prospect. He's rare. He's unique. Um, very, very good. His timing's awesome. He's got great arm strength. He's very accurate. He's just overall a very good quarterback prospect. I really like Trevor Lawrence. So I would have Trevor Lawrence in his own tier. Um, I don't think Zach Wilson is as good as Chris Sims thinks he is. Chris Sims seems to, in my opinion, overrate Zach Wilson. He says that Zach Wilson has, like, perfect footwork and flawless mechanics. I disagree. I think Zach Wilson's footwork is pretty flawed, and I think um, he has some work to do with his footwork. Sometimes he can get a little messy, um, so I disagree with him there. I do love the arm strength. That's why I like Zach Wilson so much. I'm a big fan of Wilson. Um, mainly because of what he can do outside of structure and outside of the pocket. But, you know, the footwork is, is not as clean as it needs to be, in my opinion. Now, Mac Jones, number three. I understand Mac Jones being ahead of Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I completely understand that. I disagree because I like traits, and traits are very important to me, so physical tools are very important for quarterbacks, in my opinion. 
Um, but Matt Jones's film is really, really good. He's accurate. He's a very good decision maker, a very good and quick processor. But he just doesn't have the physical tools that Justin Fields and Trey Lance do. And I would also say that Matt Jones is, um, Matt Jones is not a perfect prospect. Um, he does all the little things well, but I don't think he's perfect. Like, I don't think his footwork is always the best. I don't think his mechanics under pressure are always the best. Uh, but I, I get why people like Mac Jones so much. I like his accuracy. I like his decision making. Um, and I thought he had, like, the improvement that he showed from last year to this year was very impressive. So I get that. Here's where I, like, totally disagree with Chris Sims. Kellen Mond at number four. Um, I don't really see, see it with Kellen Mond. After I saw these rankings, I went and I watched Kellen Mond play. And Kellen Mond, here's what he does well. Um, he is really accurate and very effective on short and intermediate passes. Um, in structure, he's pretty good. Um, but out of structure, there's just nothing really there. Um, and I don't think his accuracy and arm strength really show up, um, like, on throws outside of the numbers. And, like, when he's asked to make throws, um, out of the pocket, he kind of falls apart and his footwork isn't great and his accuracy just isn't there on those throws. Um, so I don't think Kellen Mond... Um, is anywhere near Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I think J J Kellen Mond is more of like a fourth-round pick than a first-round pick. So I totally disagree with Chris Sims here. Um, I would like to like do a film study with Chris Sims to see what he likes about Kellen Mond because, you know, there is some things to like, but I just don't think what Chris Sims values um, is as valuable um, or is really that valuable to me. Um, so, interesting placement there with Kellen Mond. Then Justin Fields at 5, Trey Lance 6. Um, he, he, he even mentioned some of the, some of the bad plays that Justin Fields has on his film. And, and I agree. Um, I see that too, but Fields is extremely accurate. He's got a very strong arm. His running is incredible. Um, he's very effective as a rusher. Um, now, as a processor, I think he can speed up his processor a little bit. Um, I think sometimes he does get stuck on his first read. That's something that Chris Sims mentioned, and I agree. Um, I just don't think that's detrimental enough to put him below Matt Jones and Kellen Mond. I think the physical tools are too good, and I think he's too consistent as a decision-maker and a processor to put him down here at number five. Um, I think that his decision-making and his processing are are not are, are bad enough to put him at, like, number three, Um and, and maybe number four behind Trey Lance. Like, if someone has Trey Lance ahead of, of Justin Fields, I get that. But to have him at number five, I think is a little bit crazy. Now, Trey Lance at number six. Chris Sims mentioned um, the lack of experience, the fact that he had a lot of games where he was throwing under 10 um, passes a game. I get that. Trey Lance is a bit of a question mark. Um, he is inexperienced. Um, he just, he played in a run-heavy offense at North Dakota State, so he doesn't have a lot of experience. The processing skills there aren't always there. I think he does have to develop into a, a good processor, uh, but he's a good decision maker. He's got elite traits. Um, his arm strength is very good, and I think compared to guys in the past, like raw, uh, quarterback, raw, raw passers that had great, great physical tools like Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson, 
you know, Trey Lance, or, or Justin Herbert, even. I think Trey Lance is a better decision maker and is a better pure passer than those guys. I really like Trey Lance. So to have him at number six, I could see him being at number five. Um, I would be, I, I have him at number four. I'm more comfortable having him in that spot. But to have him at number six behind Mac Jones and Kellen Mond, I don't agree. I can see, I can see why someone would have Mac Jones ahead of him. Kellamon just does not belong ahead of Trey Lance, in my opinion. He's not as consistent of a passer, um, and he doesn't have the physical tools to match Trey Lance's potential. Um, so that those are my thoughts on Chris Sims' quarterback rankings. I think they're interesting, and like I said, although I don't agree with them. I know that they are based on, that his opinions are based on film and that he has actually watched these guys. I see that. Um, although I disagree heavily, um, I understand where he's coming from and, and, and I see that he's watched the film. I get that and that these opinions are based on narratives. That's why I like the rankings and, and I just like a different opinion. I like to see a, a, a different opinion from people that know what they're talking about. Chris Sims definitely falls into that category. Um, so those are interesting quarterback rankings. And it's really interesting to hear him talk about Kalamon like a first round pick when I don't even think he's worth taking in the first two rounds. Um, so that's, it, it, it's interesting to see that different of an opinion. Now let's talk about All-Star Weekend. Very fun All-Star Weekend. I don't know if we necessarily should have had an All-Star Weekend because, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they came into into contact with someone that had COVID. So if they came into contact with the other NBA All-Star Weekend participants, we probably shouldn't have had an All-Star Weekend. Nevertheless, very fun weekend. I love All-Star Weekend for the NBA. I think it is easily the best All-Star Weekend out of all the four major sports in America. Very fun. I love the three-point contest. I love the dunk contest, dunk contest, and I love the All-Star game. I'm not going to talk about the skills challenge because I just didn't watch it this year. Um, you know, to be completely honest, I was bowling while that event happened. But the three-point contest, very fun. Steph Curry won it this year. He had 31 points in the first round, 28 points in the second round. He had an awesome performance. He ended up beating Mike Conley and Jason Tatum in the second round. Um, he had an awesome performance. That was a very fun event. Uh, it, it's kind of surprising that Steph Curry has only won this event two times, including this year. Um, that's kind of surprising because he, he's in it like almost every year. So to see him only win it twice, that's pretty crazy. But shout out to him. He had an awesome performance this year. He was on, the, he was just incredible this year. Now let's talk about the dunk contest. Dunk contest. You know, we've seen like almost every dunk possible. So, for so the dunk contest kind of loses its shine a little bit. Um, but this year, I thought it was a good dunk contest. Now, I also think that the judges kind of ruined it a bit. Uh, but the dunks themselves were pretty pretty good. So we had the contestants were Anthony Simons, Obi Toppin or Obadiah Toppin, and Cassius Stanley. Um. I like. I was really, really excited for the dunk contest because I know Cassius Winston is an elite athlete. Ob Obadiah Toppin can jump out of the gym. I didn't know that Simons had this kind of athleticism, uh, but I thought 
he had a, a pretty good contest in his own right. Now, Cassius Stanley got completely robbed in the first round. He had, like, a between-the-legs dunk where he jumped off um, one leg and put the ball under the same leg he jumped off of. That's really hard to do. That was an insane dunk, and he got a 44. Like, he had the lowest score on that dunk, uh, or I think the second lowest score on that dunk out of any dunk in the whole contest. That's crazy to me. I love that dunk. Um, then uh, Obi Toppin, he he threw the ball up and caught it and went. He did like a reverse dunk. Um, that was very impressive. Um, but then then Anthony Simons came out here. He put the ball at eleven feet, had it setting on this little platform on the on the backboard, um, and he went up there. He jumped 11 feet, or he jumped up to like the 11 feet mark, dunked the basketball, thought it was a unique dunk, something that you don't see very often, uh, but I don't think it was as impressive as Obi and Cassius's dunks, so I thought he should have had the lowest score in the first round, um, but he got the highest score, and then in the second round, I feel like Cassius had, felt like he had to go over the top with his second dunk because he got such a low score on his first dunk. He ended up missing a dunk uh, multiple times. He ended up just doing a simple dunk where he pulled the, the ball behind his head and dunked it. It wasn't very impressive. Um, and I, I just feel like, like I said, he had to kind of, I, f I feel like he felt like he had to go over the top with the second dunk because of what the judges gave him on his first dunk. Um, and he ended up screwing himself in the second round. Obi Toppin had a, ha, had some good dunks in the second and final round. I like what he did. Um, and, and the same can be said for Anthony Simons. I just don't think Simons' dunks, they were unique, but they weren't as impressive as Obi Toppin's dunk. And in the final round, Simons did this dunk where he threw it up, caught it off the bounce, kind of like, like kind of went in for the kiss, like where he was kissing the rim, but he wasn't able to kiss the rim. And I feel like, I felt like he got too much credit for attempting to kiss the rim when he failed at doing so. I don't really get why Simons won the dunk contest. I think his dunks were unique and interesting, but they were not more impressive than Obi Toppin's dunks. I thought Obi Toppin deserved the win. I thought he had some pretty, pretty like impressive dunks. Um, like, he jumped over Julius Randle, his teammate, and his dad at one point, and did, like, a windmill to dunk it. That was a really good dunk. I think he actually missed it. He missed one attempt on the dunk, um, and, and then had to do it again. But I thought that dunk was very, very impressive. Um, you know, shout out to Anthony Simons. I didn't realize how good of an athlete he was, or how good of a vertical jumper he was. I mean, he came out there, had some unique dunks. I just don't think they were as impressive as the dunks Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley threw down. But anyway, shout out to him. Let's go to the All-Star game. Not going to talk too much about that. You know, like, what what else is there to say than it was a fun event? That's how it is every year. Giannis was incredible. He had 35 points, made every single one of his shots. He was really good. And I thought it was fun to watch Damian Lillard and Steph Curry show off their shooting ability. They were shooting shots from half court and making them consistently. It was crazy. Um, they were putting on a show. I thought it was a very fun game this year. You know, Team LeBron was way more talented than Team Durant. Um, and they ended up, ended up blowing them out. I think Team Durant 
like they they had this thing where if they won a quarter, I think some they would donate. There was like a certain amount of money that would be donated to a charity. I saw memes about that. I don't really know what was up with that, um, but I kept seeing memes on like Twitter, like Team Durant's uh, ch- charity be like, and they're like showing these memes that were pretty funny. Um, so Team Durant ended up losing every single quarter. So I assume that. Uh, team Durant or that Durant's charity got no money uh, from the content or from the All Star game, which is you know terrible but kind of funny. Um, very fun weekend for the All Star weekend. Thought it was awesome. I liked all the events and I thought the All Star game was fun to watch. So you know, successful All Star weekend. Now let's finish this podcast. I know it's a short episode. I don't have a, a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, I've been pretty busy watching film for the NFL draft, so I'm really busy with that, um, but I did want to get on a podcast and talk about some, some of this stuff. Let's finish off with Dak Prescott's contract. If you did not know, the Cowboys and Dak finally agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract that includes a no-trade clause and a no-tag provision, so he can't be franchise-tagged and he can't be traded unless he agrees to the trade. Um, very impressive deal for Dak Prescott. He got paid. This deal makes him the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And he's getting paid $75 million in the first year. Um, he can become a free agent at 31. And at that point, he can become a free agent and receive another huge payday. This was an excellent contract for Dak Prescott. And I know that he and the Cowboys are glad to finally get this deal done. We've been talking about this deal for like two years now. So for them to finally get it done is great. For Dak, this is an excellent contract. Um, this year he's not going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot. $75 million. The cap hit isn't too bad for the Cowboys. It's $22 million. That's really good. Then the cap hit goes up $33 million in 2022 and $44 million in 2023. After that, they can get out of the contract. Um, but if if Dak stays on for the entire length of the contract, he can get paid 40, or the cap hit will be $47 million in 2024. He'll get paid $34 million that year. Um, then the contract will be up after that year. So, for the Cowboys, here are my thoughts from the Cowboys' perspective. I don't think the deal was worth it. And the reason why is because over the last three years, Dak Prescott, um, his numbers are pretty good. Per 16 games, he's averaging 4,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Not bad. And if you want to look at the last two years, we can do that. Over the last two years, he is averaging per per 16 games 5,149 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 11 picks, with a touchdown rate of 4.8% and an interception rate of 1.8% and a passer rating of 99.7. And over the last two years, or each of the last two years, he's had a QBR over 70. So he's been playing at an elite level based on purely on QBR over the last two years. He's been good, but I don't think he's like I don't think he's deserving of forty million dollars a year that he's getting on average throughout the duration of this contract. He's throwing per sixteen games, thirty touchdowns and eleven picks. That's good, but it's not elite. It's good, like I said. It's just not on, on the level of like Patrick Mahomes. 
Um, he has a passer rating over or under 100 over the last two to three years. His QBR has been good, and I think he's been a, a good player. Um, but during that time, he also, over the last two years, he has a quarterback, he has a record of 10 and 11 as a starting quarterback. Um, and over the last three years, he has a record. Let me, let me see this. Um, let me get this situated on pro football reference. He has a record of 20 and 17. Not great. Um, now if you look at his record, uh, throughout his career with the Cowboys, he has a record of 42 and 27. That's pretty good. But I like to look at players, um, oh, like what they've done over the last three, two to three years. Look, you see Dakota, she wants to give me a kiss. Um, because I think that's a good sample size. Looking at what Dak has done um, throughout the five years he's been with the Cowboys, I don't think that's necessarily a good indicator of how much they should pay him. I think they need to look at what he's done over the last two to three years. And what he's done throughout the last two to three years has been pretty good. Um, like He's a very good quarterback. He's a, a top 10 quarterback in the league with good physical tools. I just don't think he's impactful enough. Hey, can you get down? I love you, but I need you to get down. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk about Dak's contract here. Um, I just don't think he's been good enough for that kind of money. And I think this puts the Cowboys in a difficult situation for the future because they're going to pay Dak so much money. The cap hit gets pretty high and they're going to have a difficult time putting together a Super Bowl caliber roster around Dak Prescott. I don't love this contract from the perspective of the Dallas Cowboys, but I love it for Dak Prescott. He's getting paid, um, so this was a great day for Dak. Shout out to him for getting getting his money. He secured the bag here, and I'm happy for him. Anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of The Wire Podcast, and I will see y'all next time. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter at the Ryan McCrary. That's T-H-E-R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y on Twitter. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the Dak Prescott situation, that contract. Let me know what you think, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.